Well, hey, y'all, and welcome to the American Farmsteaders podcast. My name is Donna with Hazel Bell Farm, here with my friend Jenny from the Gramstead Family Farm. Hey, y'all. Hey, and uh, we are here to talk all things farming, farm studying, farming like a girl, and um, getting punched in the face by life. How much fun that is lately. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we are. We both are. And, um, you know, we thought that'd be a good topic because that's what's happening right now on our farms. Yeah. And it is something that happens, it seems, in seasons. And we know that it must be happening to you too. (laughs) Yeah. Surely we can't be the only ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We've just been in a rough patch with life lately. And the farm just adds that, um, you know, one more component that makes it, <laughs> makes it more fun. <laughs> right. Because even while life is throwing those punches, you know, the farm stuff doesn't go away. Um, all that farm stuff is still happening and needs to be tended to. Yeah. And there's animals that are depending on us and yes, families depending on us and food that will rot on the ground if we don't get to it. I had some of that too. This yeah. Week. <laughs> I, yeah. I had some carrots go bad actually that, mm-hmm. um, I still have in the ground mm-hmm. and, um, they're definitely not salvageable at this point. Uh, Are they woody? I just, yeah, yeah, I never, you know, I just didn't get to pulling them mm-hmm. and I kept on putting it off because it's like, well, dang, I know if I pull them, I got to clean them. I got to do something with them. Mm-hmm. So they just got left. And life didn't allow. Nope, sure didn't. Well, it's okay. You pull them and make them into. I could probably feed them to a pig. So you or, can make them into bacon. You know, make them into <laughs> carrots made into bacon. I mean, if my my guys are gonna choose carrots or bacon, it's gonna be bacon every time. It's <laughs> <laughs> true story. Yeah. So true story. So, so yeah, yeah, I mean, I haven't gotten to planting uh, starting seeds. Me neither. Um, that was on my agenda for early July. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go ahead and start my tomatoes and some more peppers mm-hmm. and, um, you know, whatever else I was going to plan on starting, but yeah, that never happened. Nope. Nope. I have been starting to get the garden cleaned out slowly. Um, but, um, it's kind of worked out good for the sheep because I'm starting to pull all of my beans and peas and stuff like that. And so I've just been doing, you know what, I can only do one, one row. So I'm going to do one row at a time yeah. and give it all to the sheep. So yeah. And they're happy. They've been loving it. Yeah. Yeah. I've kind of done the same thing over the last two days. Um, just spent a lot of time in the garden, but it's so hot. That's the other thing. Like it's July in Florida. It's in, you know, the heat index yeah. is like 110 degrees every day, at least. Yeah. It's been upper nineties, actual temperature. Mm-hmm. And then if it's not hot, it's thunderstorming. And, you know, I don't mind gardening in the rain, but I'm not gardening in a monsoon with lightning. Well, and we've had like <laughs> a lot of, there's been like a lot of lightning. Yeah. It's not really, I mean, yeah, it's been our regular afternoon thunder showers, but they've been like kind of intense. Like yeah. We've had a lot of wind and a lot of lightning. Right. And a ton of rain. Mm-hmm. Like I moved my sheep the other day because we have an issue with sheep, which we'll talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. And um, I could hear the sheep outside like hollering. And I'm like, oh no, what Something's is going not on? Right. Something's yeah. not right. And I look out there, they're in the woods and they're like ankle deep in water. They've oh, got like no. no dry place to go. And 
I had literally just put them there the day before and everything was perfectly dry. They were screaming mama. So I'm like, okay, great. Now in the rain. Uh All right, let's load up the trailer Uh and get it over there and see if these sheep will get in the trailer. And um, they would not cross the paddock to where the trailer was. They didn't want to walk through the water. (laughs) (laughs) So they found one dry little corner and Mm -hmm. I just kind of hung out and watched them and... I moved on mm-hmm. the next day after mm-hmm. it quit raining and the water did drain out. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was just like one of those things where it's like, okay, got to deal with this now. Got to deal with this now. That has been the story of our lives lately. Got to deal with this now. So yeah, it for sure has been the common thread mm-hmm. um, around the farm. Yeah. We had a, we had one of our <clears throat> ewes go down. Um, it was a, um, uh, she was probably about five months old mm-hmm. and was substantially smaller than all my other sheep. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why, I don't know if it was a genetic thing or what, but, um, she was basically bought out of somebody's backyard mm-hmm. and, um, she may have been stunted. You yeah. don't really know her history of yeah. nutrition and um, right. parasites or whatever. I kind of thought the same thing after I had had her for a little while because she just didn't seem like she was growing. <laughs> right. So um, she uh, ended up going down and um, I had, you know, seen her one day and she was just kind of moving a little slower than everybody else, but she came up to eat. And, um, so the fact that she came up to eat, I just kind of fed everybody and didn't think anything about it really. One of those situations where it's like, I should probably just keep an eye on her. Yeah. Just make note of it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of like a mental note kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And then the next day she didn't come up at all to eat. That's not good. And so it was like, oh no. So I start looking around trying to find where she is because they were in the woods and, um, I had to go in the paddock to actually walk around and find her. And she was just curled up and wouldn't get up. And Mm. um, when I picked her up, she was totally limp. And just the fact that I was able to walk up to her and just directly pick her up, I knew. I was like, oh, no, this is not going to be good. Because she wasn't uh, one of my social Mm-hmm. use at all. You know, she, what, you know, she, what, I didn't pet her on a regular basis because she would just scatter. Normally she would run. Yeah. Normally she'd run. <clears throat> so I pulled her and, you know, checked her gums and her eyelids, which is normally just what I do like every maybe three months or so. Mm-hmm. Check everybody's eyelids and gums to see if they're nice and reddish pink and checking for, you know, that's basically checking for parasites and worms. Right. And, um, I checked her eyelids and they were totally white. Oh gosh. Her gums. I've never seen an animal's gums this white. Like they were totally white. No coloration to them at all. Uh So it was like, oh no, this is not going to be good. So I pulled her out of there and basically threw the whole medicine cabinet at her Mm -hmm. and um, kept her up by the house. And I was making her drink water Mm -hmm. and, um, I, she was kind of holding her head off to the side, almost like she had rye neck. Oh. Yeah. And so I was straightening her, her head and neck out and like making her drink. And I got her to eat some that day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, you know, promising, but um, she ended up dying that night. Hmm. So 
um, the neck makes me wonder about other disease, um, like, like polio, um, which is not like people polio, dear listeners, it's different, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) it is out there. Um, so, but it's a, it shows, uh, the symptoms are neurological. Yes. And so, um, yeah, I was looking, I was researching it and yeah, I guess it can happen from neurological damage. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been like reports of, um, you know, cause sheep will butt heads, right? You know, she could have gotten headbutted by one of the rams yeah. or which would, would have been unusual. I mean, they don't usually mess with the girls, mm-hmm. but I don't well, know, if whole- she had a heavy parasite load, her immune system was down. It could be anything, yeah. you know, and, and you don't really know, like I said, you don't know her history. Nope. She may have been dependent on chemical anti-parasitic, you know, dewormers that your flock doesn't need. So you're not used to having to use those. And, um, you know, like goats, like this is why I keep sheep over goats anyways, because sheep have proven to me to be much more hardy in that department. But, um, but, but sheep will become dependent on them too. So if you're just regularly worming without cause to, they become dependent on that. The parasites become resistant to the, the meds and, um, you have no idea how much of that she had before yeah. you got her. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I knew when I pulled her that day, like, okay, tomorrow, um, I'm going to have to pull everybody, mm-hmm. load everybody up, check everybody. Right worm everybody. I mean, I did go ahead and worm everybody, even though everybody looked good. Right. You have a pretty good flock, but it is our rainy season. It is. And that's when you're going to have more worm problems. They're they're picking up. I don't normally worm unless I see that there's an issue, Mm -hmm. but I just went ahead and did everybody except for the Rams. I haven't gotten my hands on the Rams yet because I need Tori's help for that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to try to pin them, pin them down. They're big. They're big. And they will hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they weigh about as much as I do. Yeah. Um, so they didn't get any warmer, but I did check their eyelids and they looked great. So good. Then they're probably fine. Yeah. So I moved the sheep to the new area, which ended up being the flooded woods. <laughs> it's not one thing. It's something else. Yeah. So they have now been moved again. And I actually separated my rams. Um, I usually just kind of keep everybody together as long as everybody's behaving themselves. But um, I moved the rams. So they're off in their own little area now mm-hmm. and put the lambs and the ewes uh, back out in the cow pasture mm-hmm. um, to rotate behind the cows. The perfect. So that's perfect. Um, although they're all together now because that's okay too. I only have like the two areas and it's hard to get them to switch Right. simultaneously to go to the opposite area. <laughs> they don't listen. They're not getting the memo. <laughs> so today they're all together. But it's whatever. like, it's like, you know, having a group of grade school kids and you're trying to make teams and you're like, one, two, one, two, <laughs> right. They won't go to the ones and the twos. Um, yeah. We just separated our rams too. We have the two little ram lambs. They're not so little anymore. They're about uh, seven months old mm-hmm. and we weren't sure what we were going to do with them when we got them. We didn't know if we were going to um, keep them for a little bit and then, sell them and right. use the money towards some, you know, better bloodlines if needed. Yeah. Um, or if we were just going to keep them. And so we've decided to keep them and we kept them intact and didn't castrate because for, for a couple of reasons, but the main reason being, um, we want to, it, we want to keep their hormones intact to have them grow. 
yes. faster. And then when we get closer to a butcher size, then we'll butcher them or we'll castrate 30 to 60 days out. And then, um, you know, that meat won't have that hormone right. taint. <laughs> right. So, um, so you're planning 30 to 60 days out? I think so. From yeah. what I read, that's, I think 60 days is more than enough. They, a lot of people say 30 days, okay. but, um, we're new to it. So we don't, no, we'll see how it goes at, yeah. at 60. And if that's not good, then maybe next time we'll do 90 or not do it like that at all. I don't know. Right. But, um, you know, we have Mary had that little lamb. Yeah. <laughs> Mary had a little lamb. <laughs> I saw uh, them when I drove in today. Jane. <laughs> and uh, she, the little one is so sweet. Like she, some, some animals are just people kind of, am, am, yes, you know, like they're they just are. born where they want cuddles yep. and scratches and love. And some of them are born terribly skittish. Right. They're terrified when you try to go out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no, she's very, very sweet. She comes to the gate and hollers when she sees me outside. Aww. I know <laughs> she's, but she, um, she like plays with my boots. She mm-hmm. nibbles at my knees and all the time. So, mm-hmm. um, anyways, the little Rams are trying to breed her can't have that. She's too, right. she's too little. She's too little. She's, she's too way little. too little. She's way too little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's only, gosh, I don't even, I think she's four weeks. She four weeks. Maybe I can't remember. I but know. anyways, um, we had to separate and the boys are ticked off about it. Like they don't understand. Yeah. My Rams are not happy being separated from the rest of their flock either. Yeah. They have been hollering for two days about it. Yeah. Uh, but when I drove in and I saw Jane, uh-huh. I am convinced that Redneck, my ram, uh-huh. that is that's her dad. Aww. That is definitely who bred Mary. She's getting poofy. She's getting really poofy. So is he yeah. is he a Katahdin or he's a cracker? You know, I was assuming that he was cracker, but he sheds more than the other cracker ram. So I think he Maybe might he's be a mix. Part. I think he's a mix okay. because he is shedding like the Katahdins do. Okay. She's getting poofy, but it's, she's still a baby. Yeah. Like, you know, they don't have that shedding kind of wool till they're a little older. So. Yeah. She's cute though. And she's red. Yeah. I like her color. Yeah. We'll keep her as a breeder. So that's exciting, but she won't yeah. be ready to breed till next year. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we're doing a little experiment with our two rams, um, not two rams, two lambs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had two lambs that were born a month apart. We castrated one Mm -hmm. and then we left one intact Mm -hmm. um, just to kind of compare how they grow out and do the same thing. Okay. Um, You know, I'm excited because I can, I can live this through you. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And so those lambs are now probably like five and six months old. Uh The one that's castrated is the one that's a little bit older. Mm -hmm. And the one that is not castrated is beefy looking really is he taller or just he's, stockier he's not taller he's just stockier he's thicker yeah he's okay. thicker so well that's um, growing neat yeah so because we thought you know i mean yeah we could just routinely castrate them and mm-hmm. but if we don't need to mm-hmm. do it then why right so right we'll see cool so are you going to castrate before butcher Well, at first I was thinking no, but now I'm kind of thinking maybe. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we may, we may do the 30 day thing. You should have done three. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That would answer all of my questions if you did it that way. (laughs) So we're excited to see how that turns out. Yeah, that's cool. You know, 
That is cool. Well, that sucks that you lost your little you. I know because uh, that would have been nice to have, um, you know, it was a Katahdin you. So, mm -hmm. um, but you know, it is what it is and you never know what farm life is going to bring you. No. And that's like a situation where you, you know, you've protected them the best you can. You have livestock guardian dogs, you have electric net fencing, right. you know, you have perimeter fencing. You think you've done everything you can to protect them from predators. Right. And that, that you can't see. Right. <laughs> probably got her. Probably. <clears throat> or, or just good old fighting and playing, you know, yeah. could, it could have been that too. So who knows? Yeah. It's, it sucks though. It really does suck. We, um, we lost our milk cow this week and, um, I haven't talked about it with anybody because it hurts so yeah. bad. I've been hurting for you. I've been like, oh man, like, yeah, it that hurts. was tough. It's, um, I don't want to cry. I know, right? <laughs> well, there's, I mean, so. Because it was a big deal. It is. I mean, there's a bond. A there's a bond between milk cow and milkmaid. And there just yeah. is, you know. And we have had her, she's, she was seven and a half and she was a bottle baby when we got her. Right. Um, and we treated her like a puppy, like, right. Well, she kind of acted like a puppy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and for a long time, you know, she was the only cow that we had when she was just a little, when she was a calf, she played with the dog. She ran through the yard with the dog. Like they were best buddies. Uh -huh. And, um, even the dog is confused. Like the dog every morning. Our routine Aww. is you want to go see Hazel and she knows what that means. And right. she jumps up and wants to run out and gets excited to go say hi to Hazel. And then she mm -hmm. runs off and does her thing. But, um, it's, it's just like, there's confusion there. Like we're all kind of, our world's been rocked right now. It's like losing a family member. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just, we, so much of our farm, I've said before, our farm is centered around our milk cow and not yeah. just, not just our cows, like the ruminant animals, are the center of a good regenerative farm. Yeah. But the milk cow and what she provides, she provides calves for beef or more dairy or income just to sell the calves off. Mm -hmm. She provided, I don't know how many thousands of gallons <laughs> of milk. Right. And three long lactations. She mm -hmm. fed so many families, mm -hmm. so many animals. We raised pork on her milk. Um, right. I mean, you raised those bottle lambs. Right. Right. We raised, we raised, we raised several calves on her milk, several calves on her milk. And she always would raise more than just her calf. I was going through pictures like all day yesterday. I have like a hundred pictures on my phone and an album <laughs> dedicated to Hazel. And, um, there are so many pictures through each lactation where she was feeding two calves at a time, three calves, four calves, wow. <laughs> two calves in a yearling. <laughs> like, Mama, <laughs> stop it. So yeah, it's, she, she really did provide so, yeah. so much for us and she brought us so much joy and so much of what we do here was centered around Hazel, like mm -hmm. vacations. Um, my daily schedule when, um, you know, the kids went back to school, back to when the kids went to school, <laughs> since we, if you're new listeners, we homeschooled for 10 years. And then our kids went to school at different schools at the same time. Um, and so our oldest wasn't driving yet at high school. And that's, that was, was 35 minutes away. Our youngest was obviously not driving at a junior high, 30 minutes in a, the opposite mm -hmm. direction mm -hmm. and Hazel calved. And so I had to get up at four o'clock every morning, quickly milk, um, 
and and spent the next several hours driving back driving. and forth and driving mm-hmm. kids. Yeah. And then I'd have to do it again in the evening. <clears throat> so I'd like come home, do my chores, do the daytime thing, went to work for a little while. And then in the evening was like, okay, it's time to milk again. Right. And meanwhile, the kids had baseball, you know, at probably, you know, many times at different parks um, or schools and um, dinner is trying to, you know, throw us all for a loop every other night, (laughs) (laughs) trying to get that on the table. Um, So yeah, like so much of our lives, our infrastructure revolved around Hazel, like, no, Mm -hmm. can't put that there. Hazel will get it. Or we need a structure to milk in and um, always tweaking that, you know, from like, okay, well, this is good, but the, it doesn't quite fit her just right. Can you, can you adjust it? Okay. This works. Can I have concrete? You know, (laughs) like all of those little things. So So many things happen because of Hazel. Yeah. And that's, and and Eric too, he's like so much of our lives revolved around her. Yeah. So losing her is huge. It's huge. It's huge. And so, um, you know, and then not only that, but like we're able to sell milk under, you know, for animal consumption under feed license mm-hmm. here. And um, I was looking at what she's given in the past and, okay, so I can probably sell this many gallons a week on right. top of what she would feed a calf on top of what provides to my family. And um, there's a, a huge loss of income right mm-hmm. now, huge loss mm-hmm. of income. Um, which was probably going to be used to feed all the other animals. Right. Exactly. So not only was Hazel feeding y'all and other families, essentially she's feeding all the other animals. Yeah. We just, like you said, we really feel like we've been punched in the face while we're down. Right. Because. I mean, we're already adjusting for inflation with feed costs. Like we've talked about that several times, I know. And not to beat the dead horse, but like we thought we had a good plan here. Right. And now we have to adjust again. (laughs) And we have just a loss, like the emotional toll that it's taken on us. I mean, we've just cried for like four days. I, I, I bet. I mean, that whole setup was probably extremely traumatic to have to go through what y'all went through. It was, it really was. We learned through it. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of what I what I really want to talk about on the podcast. I'll talk about on my YouTube channel at some point, like when I can muster the strength to do it without right. crying over and over again on yeah. camera. <laughs> <laughs> I will explain what we're quite certain happened at this point um, because it kind of has changed a little bit. And, you know, talking with the vet, had the vet came and saw her. And then talking with him later is like, oh, okay. So we were able to learn through this. What really, really sucks is learning through trials and errors. Right. Um, but I mean, in life, I don't, I don't know a situation when I've learned the most important things without it being through trial and error. Yes, exactly. And I know on one of your YouTube videos, you said something to the effect of, you know, that you knew that there was going to be people that would make comments mm-hmm. that you know, you were negligent Mm -hmm. or something like that. And they would have something to say about it. Well, Mm -hmm. they probably had to learn hard lessons through trial and error too. Right. Right. So screw the naysayers. (laughs) Well, I just, and well, and here's, here's the biggest thing with that. Like, okay. So, you know, I'm on some 
forums, several Facebook pages for, you know, and I'm sure most of the listeners are too, homesteading type right. pages. Right. And we learn a lot from other pe people's experiences too. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of people on one particular page that used to be really, really good. Like there are, there's a lot of knowledge, a lot of wisdom there, and there's a lot of great advice. I also see a lot of people who have very limited experience in real hands-on real life time right. with their cow or with a cow or, or at all, right. if they have any experience. And they're really just kind of on the sideline waiting to get their cow and they're learning through other people's experiences. They think, you know, they're taking, they're right. making notes, they're researching yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. And they go and they answer questions for people like they have a clue no. and they don't no. and they don't. And so they think things like, well, you should have done this, and, right. you know, and in this situation, I know I should have done something differently. Um, it's so different when you're in it though. It is different. And you don't, know all of the pieces you don't know what's you going to happen you don't know all the pieces to the puzzle right as you're going through it right so it's hard to make decisions under pressure yeah you know with stuff like that yeah without a vet the vet was out of town <sighs> yes like it was the perfect storm <laughs> yes yeah it, and it's hard um i know for sure i will not have this happen again a hundred percent, not because of the, the way this went down. Um, I, I will do everything different next time. And, um, so yeah, I, and so there, there it is. I'm alluding to, there will be a next time, right? I'm not going to stop having dairy cows. No, I love having them. I love, um, providing to our community. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the bond and as hard as it's been, I mean, it's been damn hard. Yeah. And, um, but it, it was worth it, mm -hmm. you know, every, mm -hmm. every bit of it was worth it. Every bit of the heartache. And, mm -hmm. you know, I said, um, I had so many negative things to say lately out loud <laughs> to my family and <laughs> friends who I'm closest to, you know, things like, I just want to quit. Mm -hmm. I just want to quit. Or I said to Eric, I said, I just want to be numb right now. I don't want to feel, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and that's not true. Like I immediately have that right opposite thought of that's not true at all. You know, my mom was like, you don't want to quit. You love it too much. You're just having a hard time. Right. And no, I don't want to be numb because if I'm numb, then I can't feel the joy and I can't feel the love. That's right. And so, um, you know, you got to take the bad with the good. We're always yeah. saying that. <laughs> you do. This was just like, we had really, really good. And so the opposite of that is it's really, really bad. Mm -hmm. It hurts really, really bad. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, kind of where we're at right now. We're just, we just buried, I mean, we just lost her the night before last. And so we buried her yesterday morning. It was late at night when we lost her. We buried her yesterday and I spent the entire day crying, like, there was no reprieve. <laughs> right. And when we went to bed last night and, and Eric too, honestly, and I won't embarrass them, but um, Eric too, like his heart is broken for a cow. <laughs> yeah. It sounds so silly. It's tough. Well, it's not silly because like you said, I mean, your, your whole, your whole farm was built around her. Mm -hmm. Much of your whole life, the last seven years mm -hmm. yeah, was built around training that cow mm -hmm. and, 
tending to that cow. And, and she was like perfect. Right. And like, and her name was Hazel. Like your whole farm is named. We after named her. our farm after her. Yeah, we did. <laughs> like she was pretty important. She was pretty important. Yeah. She was extremely important. I learned so much through her, um, that I'll get to carry on. Yeah. I'll get to take with me onto the next step of whatever. Um, and two, like our family and our farm, <laughs> we seem to find ourselves in a particularly difficult season. Mm -hmm. It's not just been this week. It's been months of, of hard time, heartache, um, loss, so much loss in our family right now. And, um, this just was like, like, okay, go ahead, take one more thing, (laughs) kick us while we're down, you know? Yeah. And, um, it, it, it makes us want to give up. Mm -hmm. It really does. Um, but then, you know, at the same time I get, I got so many sweet messages from people. And, um, if, if you're a listener and you're a friend, I just, all I could respond with was thank you. Right. Cause every time I opened one, I'd just start crying all over again. And I couldn't say, I, I don't know. I, I haven't had the, um, <laughs> emotional stability to just say what's on my mind. I just, I'm not ready to yet, but We'll get there. So thank it's you. It's a lot to process. Yeah, it is. The it, it it was just there was just so much that happened. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was big. It just was big. I mean, we've had loss. Like we talked about, we lost fifty chickens a few weeks ago. Right. That was a big financial loss. Mm-hmm. It sucked. Um, that didn't have the heartache behind it. Right. Exactly. You know. Exactly. I mean, I had a lot of money. I had a lot of of time, but a lot of money, but yeah, it didn't have, and even the financial part, like it didn't have near the impact that losing Hazel has not just our hearts, but our wallets, Mm -hmm. our time. Yeah. Um, so we lost our calf too. We lost our calf and we lost her and, um, yeah, it's hard. We've lost all kinds of, I've buried so many animals over the years. And, um, you know, even down to like, we lost a dog this year at the beginning That's of the right. year. I totally and forgot about your dog. That kind of like was the kickoff of our sucky season right. with losing the dog. And then it's been a season of loss. It has, it really has. And, you know, I, I, I won't like beat a Bible here against people, you know, listeners, if you know, this is just where my heart is, honestly, and where I'm coming from, but when we ask why, like, please stop taking, please stop taking from us, God. Like, why, why are you doing this to us? Why are you letting this happen? If you're not doing it, you're letting it happen. Like mm-hmm. we know that everything is sifted through his hands before it happens. We know that he's all seeing, all knowing, and nothing surprises him. Yes. He also knows how we're going to react. Yeah. And so it, like it hit me yesterday, last night, really, that my reaction, um, is it needs to be to be drawn to him and and he knows that's what it takes this house to be drawn to him it mm-hmm. takes losing everything else relying on everything else mm-hmm. even each other um to to be drawn to him and so you know when when i pray everything's like draws closer to you lord <laughs> i better be prepared for that right. you okay. know here we go here we go and so i really in my heart feel like that's what's happening right now mm-hmm. and so i'm doing my best to be obedient and in in really realizing that 
like my eyes have been open today, just today. This is all very fresh and new, but just today, my eyes have been open to how grumpy I've been. Um, Eric and I have just really been, um, I mean, I'm not going to say not getting along, but we've really been snippy with each other, just short fused, you know, and in the season that we're in, that's probably expected with most couples, but, um, we really for no good reason, like unnecessarily snippy. Yeah. Like that doesn't help the situation. (laughs) Stop it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, you know, we had this talk and I'm like, I'm sorry. I I know I've been grumpy with everybody Mm -hmm. for no reason. And so, um, I don't want to be like that, but that's kind of where we are. So spiritually, emotionally, that's where we are physically with the farm. The first thing Ian, our oldest said was, um, like as soon as, as soon as we told them that night, like, Hey, Hazel died. Like they knew she was sick and we came in, Hazel died and we were all crying about it. And Ian said, well, when are you going to do it again? (laughs) Baby boy, (laughs) I need a minute to grieve. (laughs) Yeah. So we don't know where we are at the same time. Like we have this, we have three milk. We had three milk cows. Right. We were really working to sell one. And anybody who's shopping for a milk cow wants her bread or in milk. Yeah. One or the other, both would be best to get top dollar. And I had said, no, I'm not coming down on price. Mm-hmm. She's worth every penny. She's right. just not bread and she's dry. Yeah. And I started to think like, maybe I'm supposed to keep her. <laughs> I had that same thought when I was driving here. I was thinking, Mm. dang, maybe Donna should just keep treasury. Mm. And I even had Emily even messaged about a week ago and Uh said, do you think that you're meant to keep her? (laughs) I was like, no, stop it. I need the money. (laughs) I need the money. (laughs) Um, So anyways, I don't know. She may be my, my next project. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. We're going to work to get her bread. Right. And um, I quit walking her. So she's going to be a little rough on the rope. I need to remedy that. And um, those are those are the two things I need to do with her. I need to get her bread and I need to halter her and work with her every day yeah. and make her nice again for either somebody to purchase or for me. Yeah. I don't know. Well, in all situations recently where you just feel overwhelmed. I heard somebody say not too long ago, just do the next right thing. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, Mm -hmm. just do the next right thing. Yeah. And that's it. That's all you got to do. Yeah. It's hard to see the next thing sometimes, Mm -hmm. which means it's not time to do anything. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You can be still. I think, (laughs) I think that's where we are. That's what we need to do Mm -hmm. as far as, um, you know, acquiring animals or getting rid of animals. I think, I think that's exactly it. We're just going to be still. Yeah. So yeah. Take a breather. Mm -hmm. Be still. It's also been a good example of, um, (laughs) you know, the best laid plans (laughs) can be thwarted by anything. Mm -hmm. You know, I just said, I think on the last podcast that 
um, we're really going to focus on like our milk customers and poultry production. Yeah. I don't know if that was in a private conversation between you and I, or if we said it on the podcast, but I know I recently, we recently had that conversation yeah. and, um, yeah, milk production, not, not going to be a focus. Yeah. It's not, not anytime soon. Mm-mm. And as far as poultry production goes, yeah, you better get your wallet out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, but we'll do our best. So we're, we're, we're looking at like, what services can we provide that, you know, the overhead is lower and what can we do that people don't want to do, but they want done. And so, um, processing poultry is one of those things. That's a dirty job that nobody wants to do it. I don't even like to do it. Yeah. Every time we process birds, I'm like, why are we doing this? I know. It's always the dreaded day. It's chicken processing day. Dun, dun. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I I put it out there. I have put it out there a couple of times. Like, hey, our farm will process for you. Right. (laughs) And and then when people ask, they message, I'm like, oh, no. Right. No, I really didn't. (laughs) I take it back. But Eric's been like, it was not me that said that. It's so funny, Jenny. <laughs> Eric hates raising meat birds. He mm-hmm. hates it. He hates, he has always hated when I raise meat birds. Mm-hmm. And when I prepare him for dinner, he'll say, is this our chicken? It tastes funny. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. And I, it's it's in his head because he hates the birds. Yeah. So he, in the last two weeks, has said two really funny things to me. One was, you need to order some more meat birds. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's and a feeling okay. I know. I was like, who is this man? And the second was, um, yeah, tell them we'll process their birds. Tell them no minimum. And I was like, I'm drawing the line. Right. There has to be a minimum because <laughs> somebody will bring you like three chickens. Right. And and it takes an hour to set up and an it, hour to clean up. Yeah, and I'm it like takes, it takes longer to heat the water. I'm not doing that for $15. To no, 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 not worth it. I yeah. mean, I would say like a minimum of 20. That's what, that's where I am. That's where you are. Yeah. 20, that, 20 that bird to me minimum. makes sense. Right. Um, because really, I mean, really once you're into it with the chicken processing, by the time you're wrapping up, you're like, okay, this isn't so bad. bad. Yeah. We we did it. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it is every time. Yeah. And we have a chicken processing class this weekend. Yes, we do. Saturday. It's full. Yeah. It's full. Good. It is is full. It is full. (laughs) We're, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know um, what makes you people want to do this. I don't know what makes me want to continue to do this. I don't know. I don't know if we're just, our screws are loose. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I'm glad. I'm really happy. It really does make me happy. Like I've always said, like we've always said, to put food on the table that we grew at home. Yeah. So if we can help teach people how to do that. And, you know, and here's the thing, like this, that really lightens the burden on the supply chain as far as food goes. It absolutely and, does. And yeah. it, it lightens the burden on small farms mm-hmm. that are trying to keep their head above water. Mm-hmm. You know, the right. more people that learn how to do it, yeah, uh, the easier this is going to be. Yep. For everybody. For everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a good thing. Yeah. So we're just keep keeping moving. Keep, keep on keeping on. Right. That's yeah. right. That's how it goes. Keep the ball rolling. We're trudging forward. We're doing all the things to just, I'm pulling out all the cliches. I've got one foot in front of the other. <laughs> Do the next right thing. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. 
even if it's make a cup of coffee and sit down and drink it. Yeah. If that's the next right thing, then go for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I can't think of anything else that I want to add about as far as, you know, we, we all have hard times on our farm. There's, you know, we've said, if you're going to have livestock, you're going to have dead stock. It's true. It's true. I've always known that there would be a day that I would lose my hazel. Mm -hmm. And I've always known it would be a really hard day. Yeah. I've always said it. I didn't think it would be now. No. And so I think that's why it hurts so bad. It was a shock. Yeah. It was a total <laughs> shock. The whole thing was a total shock. Yeah. But like I said, it's still worth it. It's still worth farming. Hurting mm -hmm. is, is, you know, it's like anything else in life. It's mm -hmm. the hard stuff is the good stuff. Mm -hmm. so. That's right. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be so hard if it wasn't so good. Right. And it's good. It's good when it's good. It's really good. It's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, we are coming at you next week with a new topic and we'll get together some dates for future classes. Yes. And um, <laughs> it'll be Jenny's turn to host some classes at her farm. And uh, we're talking about some some new topics on, for classes too. Some things that we're exploring ourselves um, that we're learning and we want to be able to bring that to you. And, um, not that we know it all because <laughs> we're, Lord knows we do not. we're, like I said, <laughs> trudging through the muck every day, learning, learning, learning. Well, and really, you know, that's just the name of the game. You know, you, you pick a skill or you pick an animal, which is how we built our farm. It's like mm -hmm. learn one skill at a time, mm -hmm. get one animal at a time, mm -hmm. you know, learn that one thing do yep. it well at another mm -hmm. you know and learn as you go yep do the best that you can and then go teach somebody yeah spread the word yep <laughs> spread the good farm <laughs> news <laughs> all right well until next week we will see you then <laughs> sounds like a plan <laughs> bye <laughs>